0: This is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show,
1: where I'm joined once again by the wonderful and talented Christian Gordes. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Now, this is the part of the show where you do your morning announcements. So that's I'm right. I'm just going to fuck yeah. right up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Slide out of frame. Like You don't count for this moment. So uh, this is the show for November 15th. Next week is the week of Thanksgiving. Now, what does that mean? It means that Volume 2 of From the Archive is going out on Monday. Now, since that's all archive clips from the pre-show and things like that, you may have caught Volume 1, which went out in September-ish. No, I'm sorry. August was Volume 1. So Volume 2, more pre-show nonsense, more stuff that um, some of the Patreon subscribers would have heard. And, of course, some exclusive things which have never been released because there's always more. There's always nonsense going on surrounding the show. Before, in between, after... So there's a lot. So uh, that will be some funny bits that most of which you haven't heard and some of which nobody has heard apart from the people who are in the room at the time. So that is going to be the show next week. That is Cape 194 from the Archive Volume 2. And because they're archive clips, there are some corresponding video tidbits. But like last time, this is the perfect opportunity to put out three more rounds of this or that. Cape this or that. So you'll get Cape this or that next week on the YouTube channel, and at Cape Pod on Instagram. Check it out. There will be this or that's with Mike Zapsek, Zuzu Mansour from Soraya, and Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves, and formerly of God Forbid. So you can check those out, and make sure you're following the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Cape Pod, so you can watch the video clips there, or subscribe on YouTube. The link is in the link tree on all the social media. You can find it, or of course, type Chris Abal in the search bar, and something's bound to come up. You can come back now, Christian. Slide back in. There you go. And there it is. Who's this on your shirt?
1: Oh, this is my sister, actually. Is, really? <laughs> yeah, this is a single she just put just out. talking about her. Yeah, Mia Grace. Nice. Uh, Check out Stuck. Mia Grace. It's a great St- song. I'm proud of her. Nice. It's also a very comfortable t-shirt. So
0: is it? Well, that's the thing. See, I don't understand why people don't go out of their way to make the most comfortable t-shirt possible, so it will be worn more often.
1: Well, especially when you're starting out, making setting up T-shirt sh- shops mm. is so easy now. Oh, but yeah. th- there's not necessarily a quality control unless you order yourself a shirt. Yeah. So, like, Teesprings isn't bad. But, like, unless you're paying, like, monthly premiums so that you know mm-hmm. you're getting the best thing out there, it's one of the few things where it's like, eh, it's it, especially when you're starting out. It, if if you do become big, then that first edition shirt is like, okay, I know I can make better down the line. Th- that's true. Yeah. Okay, I I will like I know I'll for sure the first Anderson Harbor shirt's gonna be prickly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's gonna be like wearing a mohair vest. <laughs> it's gonna be really really nasty.
1: No, I want to make sure that it's comfy because because oh, uh, if because for sure I'm gonna be wearing my own merch when that comes out. I so. mean, you should be. Yeah. I, I got to say,
0: when I get. T-shirts from like tea Public, for instance. I will always spring for the premium tee, which is like 26 bucks. It's only like $5 more. But I'd rather have that because it's a more comfortable
1: shirt. More comfortable shirt, so, a comfortable fit. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. So for me, I'm just saying like for an extra five bucks, I'll wear it more often anyway because it'll be more comfortable. So. Does Kate have merch? Not yet. We're waiting. I mean, I'm open to suggestions. So if you all want to, again, tweet the show or comment or something like that. Make about that a some merch,
1: Patreon decision.
0: That should be. Maybe that should be a vote.
1: What kind of what
0: kind of merch you guys want to see? I mean, we could be like Kiss and just make everything. I mean, there could be like a, a Cape Coffin,
1: Cape Condoms, whatever the hell you want. Do you want a Cape um, podcast kids bib? Of course you do. Of course you do. It'll be ten ninety nine plus tax.
0: I'm not gonna lie, we got some pretty amazing quotes and little bits from the show. I mean, clearly there has to be a Derf logo. No, I was t-shirt. just about to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, that needs to be in the one of the first five items at least. It has to be a Derf. It's Derf or it's something better. I'm gonna.
1: You know what? I'm gonna put that as a joke in Anderson harbor when that show comes out so now our shows will be connected so i then, mean then it'll, then it'll be like they it, should be it's just it's just so funny to me dirt just derf Durf. every time i hear it it just makes me smile <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course that moment is going to be in the best of show best it's of so
1: 2021, because it, i it, i know I said it, but like it's still so funny. Everyone, it is. my thing is, is I love reactions to mm-hmm. jokes, right. like especially when they land. There is no better feeling.
0: I almost died. That's oh why when God. I cut the clip, and again, you can go the, you
1: can the go check YouTube. out the clip.
0: It's it's called Jack's weight loss journey or something like that. But this joke about derf, like talking about generic or slash bootleg <laughs> Nerf uh, that, we, that Jack was talking about setting up in his yard, like a Dollar Tree kind of Nerf. Yeah, and Christian said. You know, Derf. like i want proof of Derf. and if you watch like i had to at the end of the video cut to just me i cropped me out of the image if you watch the video because i literally was back in the chair i thought i was gonna pass out i was laughing so hard i thought i was gonna have a stroke
1: you turned red which is which is pretty impressive considering how white this camera makes you look (laughs) oh my god it really does some days not today because I did the work to make sure that the image looks great. Yeah, it, it looked a lot worse before. It was like, can I make a joke about powder? Or is that still a touchy <laughs> subject? But no, I need a Durf t-shirt on my desk. I want yes. that to be a part of the first line of cape merch. Done.
0: We're going to get Durf uh, coasters. Yes. Mouse pads. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine you have a mouse pad that says Durf. What would,
1: what would be an appropriate line of merch for Derf?
0: I mean, obviously, foam sports toys. But, yeah, but obviously, but it was like, we
1: got to make the t-shirts. We have to. I mean,
0: there's so many, there's quotes and things like that that I thought, well, that would be funny. Because, I mean, listen, there's an entire show, and it's basically a small corporation called Tell em Steve Dave, which comes from a quote from a couple of movies. Yeah. And it's its own thing because it's just kind of evolved into something more than just a line of dialogue. Oh, for sure. That was used in like it's now two a mi- movies. It's
1: now a mindset, or re- basically a religion, a cult, uh, but in a cult. For sure, cl- a lovely cult. It is a lovely, cult. made up of lovely people. Oh yeah, hundred percent, Every time I meet a few of them when they come into this podcast, mm-hmm. they're always the nicest people. Oh yeah, it's always been kind and courteous, which oh. is something I very much appreciate. If they
0: like smartassery, then listen, oh yeah, they they clearly would. they're cool people. They would be down
1: with this. So oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Tesd and Cape. Let's make it happen. <laughs> um, but merch, yeah, that is something that's being uh, explored. That's one of the goals for 2022 Word. is uh, some stuff we're going to figure out. But I just didn't want to put stuff out there that people like weren't interested in. Just like, gen- like
1: just generic kind of like. Well,
0: let, just like the cape logo on a T-shirt. Like, who's going to wear that? My mother is the only one who's going to wear it. And she does not going anywhere, so it's going to be useless. Like, nobody's going to see the fucking logo. She didn't leave the house. She's 75, where she need to be other than a doctor's <laughs> office.
1: That's th- that's also the thing that I've been, because we're, at the same time, we're developing Anderson, which is my web series. Right. We're I de- heard your talks <laughs> to have
0: Chris Pratt voice again. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. Well, I know, I just like that's that, that's Anderson Arbor is canceled. That's a daily joke
0: with everything. It's like Chris Pratt rumored to voice. Did you hear the
1: real fun. thing that he's rumored to voice in now?
0: Oh, Sh- is, there no, is there a
1: third real one? Yeah. Stuart Little. I thought that was a joke. No. That's, that's for that's, real. That's for real. See, I Stuart Little I, is the grown-up mouse now and he adopts a human. That's that's the that's the take. What
0: the <laughs> fuck? Who's who's crying out for that movie?
1: Oh, I mean man, I haven't wanted a I haven't wanted a Stuart Little movie since the first one, and even then I didn't really want the first one and I <laughs> I liked it as a kid. Yeah. Which it blows my mind because I enjoy those movies, the mm-hmm. first one and the second one. Are written by M. Night Shyamalan.
0: Yeah. Which what Listen, everybody's gotta pay the rent.
1: I know, but like
0: people are surprised Samoan wrote at...
1: a good movie. Especially the first one, anyway.
0: Well hey, it it, <coughs> it takes a long time for, you know, stuff to come together. I mean, geez, George Gallo wrote Bad Boys in like the mid eighties. Did he a, really? Yeah, and it took a decade before it got made. Well like, he, had a, he had a bunch of movies that got made first.
1: That's the nineties just... spec boom. Kind of. Well, that
0: helped. Yeah. But it was also like in development and Like I think, Universal had it or Paramount had it or something. So had it. it was for, story. Anyway.
1: For, for layman's terms, the yes. 90s spec boom. So when you write screenplays, you're on your own and with no expectation of making money. It's right. called writing on spec,
0: which is short for speculation. Yeah. So, so that's the idea. But back
1: in the 90s, there was a boom of just. Every script and movie that was coming out was a spec script because yeah. the Hollywood system at that point was in shambles after the late 80s.
0: Right. And if you wanted to write for, like, just as an example, if you want to make TV, you would write, like, a spec script for a Friends episode, like, a potential Friends episode. Like That was something that a lot of writers did, too, in, like, the late 90s So as a the... reference point for, like, proving your skills, basically. Exactly. Like, this is what I can do.
1: So, like, a... now it's still there, but, like, it's definitely not like it used to be. Oh yeah, like, nowhere near. It's it's so funny. I saw this meme that was uh 2021. I have the IP, uh we have the cast locked uh, and we have 50% of funding the studio uh not interested too soon. Yeah. 1991. So two words, cocaine and sharks. Sold 4 million dollar script. Mhm. Yeah. It's true. That's pretty accurate.
0: It's true. I think it was, I think Shane Black sold
1: he has was the record, it, right? I think he still has. The I think record. it was the
0: last Boy Scout. I think it was like three million or something, and I don't even think he'd written it yet. I think it was just the next Shane Black script because the dude oh. had two Lethal Weapon movies under his belt.
1: That and a that was enough. Monster Squad. Ugh. Yeah, he
0: did. Well, he had a couple of uh, yeah writing gigs there, and they're like, "Hey, it's Hawkins from Predator. He must know what he's doing." He told us all those great
1: jokes. That man deserves to work more, man. Like he, he's criminally he does.
0: underrated. What a what a disappointment that the Predator turned out. The way it did.
1: Oh, uh, that was a shit movie.
0: I mean, if that it, the for potential? not a Predator movie, it was fun. That's the way I looked at it. Like, I walked out of the theater saying, like, that was fun. It wasn't a great Predator movie. And there are two good Predator movies. So, all right, they're two for four. But
1: <sighs> it's
0: it didn't feel like just a Shane Black movie. It, just because
1: someone's involved from the original doesn't mean it's guaranteed to be good. No, not at and, all. And but. that was the... That was the ho- the cold hard truth that I think nobody was ready to face.
0: But coming off the Nice Guys and Iron Man three, and like he'd recently done some movies that were great, 100%. so the idea that all of a sudden,
1: is there anything else not- in the works for him right now?
0: I, that I don't know.
1: Because I hope I so. Like I need another Nice Guys.
0: I everybody, even Russell Crowe, who doesn't like sequels, said he would do a sequel to that, and I feel like it's high time. It's been five years. I mean, at this point, it'd be six. Let's say they roll into production next year. It takes place now in the early '80s. You still got the same two guys. Everybody's aged appropriately.
1: Make another one. Fun fact: HBO Max. Make it. <laughs> Fun fact: I, When I lived in New York for film school, because I blew my, I blew your mind when I told you who my godfather is. Yeah, we're gonna get to that in a when moment. I, when I, so if I you're lived, thinking
0: of tuning out, just hang just in there. Hold on. It's it's When a doozy. I lived
1: at his house. The only DVD from my DVD collection that went missing that I found he had mm-hmm. was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
0: I fucking love that movie so much. It was
1: the only one in my collection where I'm like, where the fuck did it go? And then I go up to his workout room. It was in his fucking DVD place. You bum. But you know what? <laughs> I left it because I was what like... an interesting movie to work out to. <laughs> I was like, because, well, Doug... Oh well, you could lead in with that. You can uh, well, I'll, we'll we'll get. to I, that well, point let's, now. let's
0: let's put a button on on sh- the Shane Black discussion. Yeah, uh, well, quickly, just... because this kiss gets bang bang season. I just realized that it's Christmas, so Shane Black oh, season. yeah, now. Oh,
1: I love that movie.
0: It I, I do too. I mean, all those movies inexplicably take place around Christmas, and I'm okay with it.
1: I I remember Fine, watching I mean. that for the first time and just being like, "What?" Like at like at the choices, but how they all made sense. Uh. I really
0: wanted to see that. That came out in like a handful of theaters when I first moved to Los Angeles, or was it when I was visiting? I, it was definitely on. I remember seeing it on the shelf at Blockbuster for sure. It used to be a, a two floor Blockbuster on Sunset Boulevard Damn. back in the day. I know it's now a Chase Bank. Sad, but that hurts. It uh, it really does. But two floors of of Blockbuster. The I mean beauty. You, yeah. Could you imagine? You can, and you have to because they don't exist anymore. But. Just poor salt in fucking wound. Right? Hey, me shoot. too. I grew up going to Blockbuster.
1: You have no you, idea I rented my to? Super Nintendo games there. I watched it fall. I was born when Blockbuster was popular. And then do you know how horrible it is to watch a business just eh, die as you get I older?
0: I know. I didn't help either because I favored Hollywood video as the years went on. But we don't know, that's another yeah. discussion. Yeah, that, we could do a whole hour on that. And we won't this week. So, no. again, don't tune out yet. But... Um, I remember seeing the the DVD on the shelf and saying, like, oh, Shane Black movie? I'm pretty sure I'd heard of it and knew it was that. But when I saw it, was like, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. I was like, what an
1: interesting pairing. Like, two, his, this
0: is before his his comeback. So, was that
1: his first directorial?
0: You know what? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I yeah. Think that's his debut Yes, it as was a director. his directorial debut. Yeah, it was. Which, damn. I know. Way to come out swinging, Shane Black. But... I really
1: wish Marvel would also give him another chance, too. Because, like... I because Iron Man three made a fuck ton of money. Yeah, and I'm yeah. surprised that Shane Black didn't line up to go do other projects after that with within Marvel. I
0: fe- well, what happens what? after that is like you get that's when you start taking meetings. As we say, we're going to get industry talk now. But it's like <laughs> your movie made a billion dollars. You directed this thing. What do you want to do next? And he probably said, "I got this script for this movie called The Nice Guys. It's a throwback '70s kind of noirs, kind of buddy,
1: which one detective Brothers thing." Made? Yes,
0: but like that's it. Everybody meets with you, and like Marvel usually doesn't carry over a lot of directors. It's happened to, I mean, Peyton Reed. But what does he have to do? I'm not insulting the man. I'm just saying nobody knew his name apart from Bring It On. You because know, because it was like the director Bring It On is directing the Ant Man movie. You're thinking, wow, really? Do you
1: know how I knew Peyton Peyton Reed though? When they announced he was the replacement.
0: So your godmother? No, I'm kidding.
1: Even worse. Oh shit. The Love Bug, 1997. With Bruce oh Campbell, God. the Herbie movie with Ash from the from <laughs> Evil Dead. He directed nice. that. And when I heard he was directing Ant Man, I was like, the fucking Love Bug guy? I was like, <laughs> I was like, out of all the fucking directors, like no other movie he did popped into mind. I was right. like, the fucking Love Bug, dude? And then Ant-Man oh, comes man. out and I'm like, that's a great movie. I enjoyed that one. I
0: mean, what they do though, it seems like with Marvel, they will keep a director. Within that franchise, and they won't necessarily do something else. Like the yeah. the directors of Captain Marvel are doing the Marvels, I believe. Yeah. And like Taika Waititi did Thor Ragnarok, and now he's doing he Love, and, Love Thunder. and Thunder. James Gunn, same thing. So I feel like that was the last Iron Man movie. So you would think they would ask him about something or have him write or whatever.
1: Well, I think it was but... also a thing because Shane replaced Favreau. So I think that that was mm. – it might have been an, more of an assignment than a thing because he did help write it.
0: Too. He did, so because
1: it, takes, mean, place he, it takes
0: place at Christmas. That's the tell. Director signature, or writer signature,
1: and I remember everybody so polarized about that movie. But like, I remember seeing it and thinking, like, this is really interesting place to go for where that character went.
0: I, I loved it. Okay, in defense of Iron Man three, and then we're gonna get to Christian story.
1: No, it's okay.
0: But I like that it was back down to there was a chunk of the movie where it's like he's not even Iron Man, right? Because yeah. Tony's dealing with stuff, the fallout of the Avengers, because that was the last movie that happened before Iron Man Three. So he's dealing with the anxiety and the, the PTSD of that.
1: We got a Tony Stark movie, not an Iron Man suit. Exactly.
0: Movie. And I like that he even had to build stuff to get to the mansion. Yeah. And, you know, to take care of all that. Like he had to figure out he had to be the the creator again. He had to be the mechanic. And I, I dug that, that it was down to him. He couldn't just rely on the suits. But then we got a big fucking payoff with all the suits at the end, which was amazing.
1: 100 But people just
0: like, oh, the. Ma- I remember we have a friend you haven't met yet, a friend named Corey. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was ranting and raving about it and still regards Iron Man 3 in his bottom
1: five Marvel movies.
0: Bottom? And bottom five.
1: I and- want legit reasons because I don't see anything in that movie that makes it bottom. I can understand the reveal of the villain might throw some people off, especially what becomes... Right later in Marvel, but at the same time, we didn't really know what this this stage of Marvel was going to look like when I of Man 3 course came out. But his whole thing
0: was it was he didn't like the switch out. He didn't like the 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 idea that the Mandarin wasn't really the Mandarin and this setup that didn't pay off. And I thought it was I thought it was hysterical. I thought the character was sir I thought Ben Kingsley, especially in the did you see the one shot I, I rented? Did you uh, see Shang Chi? No. I will by the time this goes out, but I did. I just missed it, and when they announced it was coming out November 12th on Disney Day, I'm like, I'm, I'll just wait, because nice. I, I, I have no See expectations for that, and I have no expectations for The Eternals, although I'll probably end up seeing that in the theater. But
1: Eternals was weird. Eter- I will say that. I, I did, I you know what, it, I'm like back was, where man. I was.
0: I didn't see the first Thor or Captain America in the theater either because I was like, ah, I'm just not interested in the character. I was more interested in Captain America than I was Thor. But this is one of those things where I don't know these characters. Like, I'm all in for Spider-Man. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But um because I love Doctor Strange and having the multiverse and all these other elements, I'm like, okay, that's going to be fun. And that's something that I understand. But like the Eternals is so insanely vague as far as what they do and what they're about based on the trailers, which I've heard is are kind of um little, not even misdirection, but don't represent the movie even.
1: Not so, really.
0: I don't know. I just don't. And same thing, shang chi is like, it's going to be fun, but you know what? Black Widow being so kind of forgettable also did not help
1: That for me. That character enthusiasm. deserved so much better.
0: Did she? She's a great utility player. I feel like having Black Widow as a utility player and Hulk slash Bruce Banner as a utility player, I feel like some of those characters just work in that way. Like the Hawkeye series, don't care. Hawkeye's great when you put him in whatever other group is doing something, but like a show with Hawkeye as a star, kind of don't care. I'm not saying it's a terrible idea. I mean, I'm not intrigued by it. I'm sure I'll end up watching it at some point, but even though I haven't liked most of the mean you are just going to
1: have to agree to disagree on uh, this one. <laughs> I th- but but, there but was- I look
0: at Black Widow, it's okay. You can disagree on Hawkeye. But like Black Widow, I look at her as being like, again, a great utility player. She could be in Captain America Winter Soldier, and she can show up in... You know, uh, Iron Man Two. Like you can put her in different combinations and it works. But giving her a solo movie, which is a movie that should have, if you were going to reference something that happened in between some other movies, between Mm -hmm. Civil War and Infinity War, then maybe you should have done it then. Instead, it's like there's no stakes the entire thing because you know she's going to make it out. Yeah. So it's hard to be invested in like, oh shit, she's falling out. Wow, good thing that's a parachute and not some random ass backpack
1: (laughs) that she grabs. Like
0: uh, obviously she's going to be okay. She's going to make it through
1: that's that's my whole issue with with the Black Widow movie is the timing of it more or less is because I'm like I already know the fate of this character yeah. like that's literally what threw me out of it the whole time, which is also something oddly enough that made me weary of eternals, mm. not because they they threw the character out, but like, where the fuck were they during all this bullshit? yeah, and I mean at
0: least they explained it with Captain Marvel like we're. You know, where were you? It's like, there's a lot of other planets out there. Yeah. And Earth, and they don't all have you.
1: And they were, li- like the Eternals were literally sense. here. They were literally on the and planet. And did nothing. And did
0: nothing. Didn't we just watch a whole animated series about someone who stands by and does nothing while shit goes down? <laughs> I mean, there is a part of me, as much as I've enjoyed the Marvel movies overall, I'm thinking, okay, how many times can they vary this theme to keep us interested, which was frankly some of the feedback I heard about Shang-Chi. We got a huge Marvel Jack, but um, people were saying it's kind of a cookie cutter Marvel origin story movie, which I'm like,
1: okay, I, I get it.
0: You know, but I'm, I'm, I'm still going to watch it and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. But.
1: Here's the thing though. And this is why I wish Marvel would return to doing this is that they picked writers and directors who best suited the material at the time. Mm. And, like John Favreau even though it was an off choice it made sense for Iron Man like mm. that style of character Kenneth Braha how do you Kenneth Braha Brana Brana there you go Kenneth Brana makes sense for Thor because of the Shakespearean yeah, element some, to it. and you need some, some
0: gravitas for a movie like that.
1: And even James Gunn, in a weird way, makes makes sense for fucking it, Guardians. Yeah. Space even opera even, and weirdness. Even before you
0: knew, like, if you'd seen, because I saw Slither and I saw Super, so I'd seen a, a couple of James Gunn movies at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, at least they're going with someone outside. Because, like, Kenneth Branagh had made, like, a dozen films. And John Favreau, you knew, as at least a writer, maybe not as a director. You know, I mean, elf. Yeah. And Sathora, which nobody saw. Oh, but, like, fantastic. Anyway. It's, well, see, it's one of those movies, though, like, you didn't realize, like,
1: oh, people didn't realize he directed Elf. Like, even that is one of those things where it's like, what do you want to do next? You know, <laughs> you made this hit movie. And then but, he's um, like, I want to do a throwback to the old stop-motion films with Will Ferrell. Okay, cool. Here's, yeah. your, here's your check. Uh, all
0: right, let's do it. But... And now, Ashley Faber can do whatever he wants with yeah. Mandalorian. <laughs> so, <laughs> thankfully, everyone's just like, give him whatever he wants. You know, th- whatever. Bring a, him in.
1: There's one project that he was working on that I don't think he's working on anymore. That I wish he would because I loved the premise. What is that? Did you know that there's never been a theatrical like Mickey Mouse movie? Like, we there's been a Bugs Bunny movie. Like all these classic yeah. characters. Oh yeah. There's never been a theatrical huh. Mickey Mouse, and hmm. he was working on a movie that was essentially. Night at the Museum meets Disneyland. What happens when Disneyland comes to life after dark, after you leave the park? Well, uh, your, your be...
0: part-time boss was working on that story, too.
1: Yeah, Kingdom Keepers. It was separate. But apparently, I think... to Kind of sounds like the same idea. Well, Kingdom Keepers was a book series that Disney had heard about outside of their brand that they then acquired.
0: Oh, and a, and a laid... Laid it over the top of yeah. Disneyland a Disney characters. Because they
1: had had the idea to do a Magic Kingdom movie like that for a minute. Because mm. it's a cool premise. It's like, how do you make a movie about Disneyland? Right. Like, there you go. <laughs> but then Kingdom Keepers came up. And I think that the Disney thing that Favreau was working on then morphed into Kingdom I
0: Keepers. I see. Okay. Which
1: is a damn shame that that project never happened. I really wish I would have gotten to have seen that. Especially considering who was going to do
0: it. I mean, I it's a think. cool idea. It, I think it is too. It's a really cool idea, and what a way to get all those characters together! I mean, it was cool. It, it made movies like Wreck It Ralph and Ralph breaks the internet. No, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Excuse me, it should have been called Rex the Internet, but whatever. Um, it's we, you and I agree on that, we, we no know, doubt. We know. But yeah. uh, it, it made a movie like that better than it should have been because you had those characters to puff it up, particularly the second one. Yeah, so. I thought it is like kind
1: of a like they're there to for the enjoyment where we obviously care about the original characters which is Ralph and, and Vanellope. Mm-hmm. but like when you see Vino-lope. when you see in those worlds when you mm-hmm. see those characters out ah oh, it's just so much fun. Like oh, I'm even, with you. Even though that a lot of people cool. even though a lot of people don't like that reason for Wreck It Ralph two, they, a lot of people think that Wreck It Ralph two is like one of the worst. Disney's ever done And I'm and I can't see that really. I mean I, 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 I like it. I, I thought it was I a fun movie. It. Like I'm like, I don't see it as this big harmful mess that most people are portraying it is. I'm like harmful? Harmful in the sense of like people think it's an amazing story. It's, it has a brilliant oh, storytelling. Okay, 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 and okay, I'm man, like gotcha. Disney made a popcorn flick. Okay. Did it deserve an Academy What's wrong Award? With that? No. But who cares? Like that happens every once in a while. That should yeah. be the fucking benchmark every time. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see if Disney could make, like, more movies, like, onward and stuff like that. Not, like, lower tier, but, like, just fun. Like, I like I don't give a fuck about an Academy Award. Right.
0: Just escapism. Not everything needs to be yeah some big deal.
1: Yeah, you could bring Disney. Qual- like, can you imagine if Disney made a movie, like, Monster Squad? Oh. <sighs> <laughs> like, imagine Dude. if Disney, Disney put the energy to make a big uh, no, budget there, animated there, B movie. There's,
0: there's an idea. Surprise, surprise. You and I are talking about movies. <laughs> but Universal has been trying to restart the monsters. Why aren't they doing Monster Squad as an introduction to these characters? Well, at this point, because that, that, would that be- dark universe is dead anyway. So.
1: That's a really interesting idea. Why not? We're, we're using the Monster Squad as the jumping off point.
0: I mean, some, some version of that, if not like the Monster Squad, like introduce them, do like a – I mean, you can't really say I – mean, I, kind of Justice League-ish. Pick your version. You know, but
1: honestly, I think what – Where you re- start
0: there and then you branch off. Like you invest in the characters because someone needs to find all these characters and that's how they get together and then they can branch. Off. I mean, look, if they're still going to do this whole shared universe ah. thing, then why not that? Why not some something like that, where these characters have to come together, and then you can develop interest based off that, instead of getting like A list talent signing them to like an 11 year contract, because and I then think, never making any of these fucking movies.
1: Because a lot of it is the fear of expanding outside the the original formula. Like to 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 start a Universal Monsters universe with Monster Squad is a pretty big stretch for Universal, considering that. I don't even think the original Monster Squad did all that well at the box office. I think it did well as like a cult hit.
0: That did well on like TV. Yeah. I remember we all watched it on, on TV so, as children in the 80s. I
1: think I think that they should be more open to exploring more unorthodox ideas when it comes to those characters, which is why I like your Monster songs, which is why I like your Monster Squad uh idea. Right. My my thing is, if I was the head of Universal and I was tasked to bring in like Frankenstein, Wolfman, uh, Invisible Dracula, Man, Invisible Band yeah. back, I'd bring back the meat films. Like the Abbott and Costello meat. Oh, okay. Frankenstein. I was like, the like meat films. Like, like, like I only like, called like it Ocha? meat, but like, I loved Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman and Dracula. Right. Like, those are great, but like, you can, you have these amazing comedic duos now like just comedy stars in general i right. think that that'd be cool plus i'd like to see a return to the age of horror comedy again
0: i mean it was supposed to happen with jay and silent bob there's that little window of time where it was going to be jay and silent bob meet michael myers jay and bob. what you don't know about that no yeah because there was a remember there's that little window obviously there was jay and silent bob strike back in mm-hmm. one which was under dimension films Dimension Films also had Michael Myers. They had Halloween for a little while. Miramax did in general since Halloween Six. Oh yeah, and they had. Wait, no, it James wasn't. Jane
1: and Bob isn't Dimension anymore. I thought that was Buena Vista. I well, it Disney was Disney owned.
0: Well, this is in the like early 2000s, late nineties, early 2000s. Because Kevin told this story at some point, but
1: someone pitched Jane and Bob. Me, Michael Myers. Jane and
0: Bob. Me, Michael Myers. And what was the other one they had? They didn't have Freddy. They didn't have Jason. They did, did they have Leatherface? I forget, but there was, a, there was a whole thing where they were going to meet some... Cl- Hellraiser, that's it. You were going to meet Pinhead. You didn't know about this? No. Oh, dude. What?
1: Kevin, please.
0: It's, I mean, now My birthday's no next direction. April.
1: <laughs> let's make but this yes, green. Sorry, let's they, green light this. They
0: did a bunch of the... Lesser known and lesser loved Hellraiser movies.
1: Oh, this is in the book, and I've literally just started reading this book.
0: Did you? Okay, he talked about this in, in an interview. I forget when, but yeah, this is from about two months ago on uh, Screen Crush. Bob, oh, was Screen Rat, excuse me.
1: One of the He Who Shall Not Be Names pushed mm-hmm. for Jane Insult Bob. To do Abbott and Costello style crossovers, right? That's a see, like that's actually a cool idea, even though it was created by actual monsters. Right. I like. I I think that that's something that we should lean into now because we've seen these big budget superhero movies. We've seen Mm -hmm. all this stuff. I think if we start to lean into the ridiculous a little bit more, you'll get people back to the theaters.
0: I agree, but who do you get as far as comedy teams?
1: Now, I mean, we're past the
0: point where like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley can do something like that, because I just feel like that time is past. Um, I think. Um, who Who do you have who's like an equivalent of a, like characters like Jay and Silent Bob or Cheech and Chong or Bill and Ted? Like you can think of duos like that.
1: Well, if it has who to be, is there? if it has to be duos, I think that'd be super funny to do. A Cheech and Chong meet the Wolf Man, or and like I think that'd be cool to bring those characters back. I mean,
0: now it, it would be kind of funny, but I don't know that anyone's <laughs> going to show up at the theater to see yeah. that. That'd have to be a Netflix watch because people want to get
1: baked. Um,
0: I mean, Tenacious D could have maybe done it fifteen years ago,
1: but now does it have to be duos? Like, do- well, who, and, 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 who are you thinking then? But like, my also thing is, even though I'm saying, hey, Abbott and Costello meet this, right? Does it have to be? The film with Dom, Dom from
0: Fast and Furious meets the Wolfman.
1: <laughs> I mean, no, no, who you think? Like, like, like Seth Rogen, imagine if him and his team had to do with that, something like that. Because, see, I, that could have worked. I feel like once upon a
0: time, that wouldn't have been a terrible idea because he had the deal at Universal, because Apatow, everybody was at Universal. Universal made all those movies in the from 2007. You know, like the like three of the four movies I think Seth <laughs> Rogen did two thousand eight were Universal. I think James- and everything. I love you, man, and uh, for Gang Sarah Marshall, all the stuff all those were at Universal. See, that would have been a good time because people were also going to see comedies. People aren't going to see comedies anymore in theaters. No. I mean there aren't as many made. There aren't those mid-budget. There's not like a bridesmaids equivalent now.
1: No, there and there was that company STX for a minute and then they had a series of bombs and then they just kind of went away. Which really, I don't I don't
0: think they're focusing on anything in America these days. I think no. they still exists but like they tried. I mean, we've talked Happy Time Murders, well we didn't. And, and it bums me out that that's from, and it, <laughs> it bums me out thing,
1: that but. that is the reason that that company went away cuz that idea works just not with that writing
0: or even in a film as a series like we talked about in the well it was patreon exclusive but maybe maybe that'll go in the archive show maybe mm. i should put that little segment in there
1: but yeah, I, I think know. that happy that
0: time murders is on netflix watch it oh, we'll say that
1: yeah do honestly watch it put for the, the kids sake. to bed yeah
0: yeah, absolutely put the kids to bed if not get them out of the house unless entirely. you're a horrible
1: parent then of for, for, course for all you for all intents and yeah. purposes <laughs> sit him right down next to you and explain silly string sperm
0: oh for starters it gets worse. <laughs> like, and and that's
1: not even the worst thing we Yeah, about. let's
0: let's not reveal the end of the movie. Right no, now, no, no. It gets worse. Let's
1: not reveal the fucking plot twist. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Coming with Silly String is hardly the worst thing in that movie. <gasps> I mean, it is one of the best, though. I'll say that. Isn't but it wild that's that a that movie of my sense of humor.
1: is still bad, but has a pretty decent mystery? As a
0: movie, I enjoy it. I, I know why people don't like it. But for me, it, it checked all the boxes. It was exactly what I was looking for. All right. And anyway. I really wish people would give credit to movies like that. Okay.
1: All right, anyway, because my my gears are grinding. I I know, quick pivot. (laughs) Let's
0: talk about something happier. All right. Now, you're checking your phone. We were talking about something that uh, we won't yet uh, get into. on it. uh, Well, I can just tell you, in in broad terms, we're trying to coordinate the 2021 Half-in-the-Bag Holiday Spectacular. We were working on that, and Christian was verifying some schedule things because, obviously, we want as many people as possible participating. Last year was scaled down because of COVID. This year doesn't really have to be, but... (laughs) <laughs> because people have shit to do now compared to last year, there's yeah, a question as to people. whether or not we. Can- yeah, everybody's got stuff going on, so it's kind of like, oh man, we want people involved, but can we get everybody in one place on the same day Sorry. during the holidays, no less? But um, anyway, he's going through his messages now. The first thing that stuck out when he opens up his messages is he has 180 <laughs> t- unread. Me- hang on, I'll
1: tell you he's- what really stuck out was why are you looking at my fucking phone screen? Ababa? You're sitting next <laughs> to me, and the sc- but like still, this is ju- all right. <laughs>
0: give me that. Look how big this fucking thing is. I'd have to be blind to not see it. Let me see your fucking phone then. Fine. But if you saw that I had 180 unread messages, I would understand. I would be like, hey, why are you looking at my phone? <laughs> you acting all uptight. You know privacy doesn't exist anymore. That's right. Even Even if you're in the room with one other person. <laughs> but anyway, not only does he have 180 unread messages, text messages, but he's also – I'm looking through the – name. I mean, I wasn't looking for the names on – of his messages, of who he was sending him to, but sure. but among his messages, where I obviously recognize names like Ming Chen, but I saw Dougie Fresh, and the first thought was, "Oh, Christian being Christian, he's a friend named Doug," so he programmed him in his contacts as Dougie Fresh.
1: <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> yeah, Doug's my godfather. That's why. I mean, I know why, but that's
0: wild to me. Oh I mean, I'm sure, I, I'm sure he's somebody's godfather, if not yours. Like, the it's not that I can't grasp the concept.
1: So, but... yeah, Doug's my godfather, wow. well, in a, in a sense, but he's a very close family friend. Right, my mom manages him. Oh, nice. So, but it goes a bit deeper back than that. Back in the '90s, my dad helped him get a new record deal, mm. and they, they've been clo- they were close friends ever since. Right. So. Freaking Doug was like one of the first he bought my first stroller as a gift like Doug's been <laughs> in my family my whole life and he's always been like Uncle Doug to me right. to the point that when I went to film school I stayed in his house
0: right and he jacked your kiss kiss Jacked DVD. my DVD
1: kiss kiss I'm still <laughs> fucking mad about that Doug because I don't have it I was gonna let you just borrow it but Mel- I want my shit back no I'm just kidding. Mr. Fresh
0: you can call in and say listen I gave you a stroller so you didn't have to learn to walk too early all right so Fuck you and your DVD. Um,
1: six minutes, Chris <laughs> Abala, you're on. <laughs> oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that? I'm so mad at myself that I didn't think about that joke. Oh,
0: shit. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> you have no
0: idea how often I will look at, like, something that's in the oven, and there's six minutes left on the clock, and I will start going, six, six minutes, Dougie fresh, fresh, you're on. <laughs> you don't know. I, at least once a week I drop that reference, which, again, is why I'm like, okay, that's genuine.
1: you know that. I, I, I mean, it hasn't it come com- up
0: before now.
1: That's wild.
0: I mean, we have only, to, to be fair, we've known each other for like a year and two months. So it's not like we go back like way long. It feels like a lifetime, I'm sure, for you.
1: It the, it's Because you're weird. like, God damn it, this guy won't leave me alone. No, but it's just weird because it's like usually sometimes it comes up in some right. way, shape, or form. But I'm like, huh, I guess I just didn't tell. Just didn't come up? Which is, I guess, oh yeah, that's probably why. Because in the past year, Doug hasn't been performing, so it's not been right. prominently on my mind. Because like, I'm going to go
0: see my uncle play. Oh yeah, what's he doing?
1: But he was he was actually just in Jamaica with my mom, so he's getting back into doing shows. Nice. And I'm and I'm possibly helping him produce some sort of animated music video. Oh so, man. So that's pretty cool. That's but really yeah. cool. But I also helped Doug, or well, I'm helping Doug get the show in Clerks Three, which is wild. Which
0: I know. Kevin's got to be beyond excited about.
1: Oh, he is. He he. because We're not
0: violating any non-disclosures. No, talking about this. he okay. talked
1: about this on Fat Man Oh,
0: beyond. did he? Okay, so it's so fair like, game.
1: He talked about that, the song that he's going to use of my dad's, and we're good. So as long as we talk nice. about that, okay, that's all okay. I can say. But, like, yeah, he, he wanted to use one of my dad's original tracks that hadn't been released yet. Mm-hmm. And originally, the song was going to be Time is Tight by Booker T., Mm. And it turned out to be very, very expensive. So, dude,
0: licensing is nuts right now. Yeah, the cost of anything, any song, and that's not like a song you would, you know, I wouldn't say that song's Evergreen. <laughs> you know, that
1: no, I, I trust me, that I song get it. is
0: very you know specific era, but it's it's still six figures, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Which is nuts.
1: So we gave him this unreleased track, and then and then on the show he was like Christian. Well, he texted me. Mm-hmm. He was like, Christian, I I rearranged some music and now the big filmmaking montage is your dad's new track. And it plays over your scene. So your dad sings over your shot. And I was just, I texted Did him back. You, I was like, Kevin, it's too early in the morning to make me ball like a fucking baby like that. But it's that's not cool. So
0: that's, your dad could never have envisioned, I'm not trying to make it ball either, but like, there's no. no way he could have envisioned that for you ever that you would be directing and one of his songs would play over the top. Let's not do this again. I realized the last time. (laughs) No, we're not fucking
1: doing this again. Last time he fucking broke down. Mm.
0: There's a a clip in the vault of Christian breaking down in the middle of of Cape 180 which I, I edited around at his request. He did say I can release it one day, but for now it's it's locked tightly in the vault. Don't oh worry. But we God. can at least refer to it. Yeah, we can. Because a few people noticed your voice cracking during the, the audio of the general release version of the show that went out. And they were just like, was Christian okay? I'm like, yeah, yep. I didn't even squeal on you about that, but now I'm just going to fucking libel you in no, public. No, it's okay. Like, you, you I, cried. But
1: we, it was a very emotional topic. It, was a, it was an emotional But now, now I can talk, like I can still talk about my dad. There's only certain things that like will trigger right. the waterworks, but like this I could talk openly about because my dad loved James Hunt and Bobby. Did loved. he? Oh, my dad was a massive Clerks fan. Huge. My dad loved Kevin
0: Smith. So that was like the Happy Time Murders that he sat you down way too young to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you want hey, to know what un, you know? it
1: was the You know, was my first exposure to a Kevin Smith film It was fucking Dogma. Wow! I and how old I was? Roughly, probably three or four. Really? But it wasn't. What an interesting. No, here's here's the thing. Okay. I wasn't sat down to watch it. It was uh, so. It was late at night. My parents were asleep, and the TV was on. When I was little, I would just sometimes go. Watched TV on the big screen while they were asleep, and they left Dogma on. Now, when I was a kid, I had a very odd fear of like flooding and overflow, like a water, like a, hmm. like a, an unusual amount of it. And there's that scene in Dogma where the they're in the the club, yes, and then the toilet just starts to fall I, mm-hmm. I was going
0: to make a joke. That no. was my thought. Now, here's was just the, like, here's is that
1: a poop monster? Now, I was creeped out, of course, but then... I mean, then the, then I'm the shit, 40. That still creeps me out. Then the shit starts coming out of the thing. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then that fucking demon shows up, and when I tell you I screamed and ran out the room, I screamed and bolted. That was... The, the poop monster wow. from Dogma was my first movie monster.
0: So that needs to be the first team-up. With a comedic star. It's gotta be the rubber poop monster, the I forget the technical name, the biblical name for it.
1: The shit demon scared the, the fuck out demon, of me. Yes. The Golgothan. That's it.
0: I couldn't remember. And I'm like, I'm gonna fuck it up. Now so the,
1: the years later, of course I've seen Dogma hundreds of times, right. and it makes me laugh because I'm like, hmm, it's a poop demon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's a shit demon. That's hilarious. Now but here's How where, could I have been scared of that? I was no, But child, now here's where it gets how. really funny. So I was filming the document. I don't know if I, you know this maybe. I was filming the doc series about the construction of the secret stash. Yes, I did. I watched it. Thank you. They were, they were really fun to make. And we were filming one of the last days at the old secret stash. Mm. And they were taking stuff out of the rafters. Poop Monster included. And Not I didn't, the whole thing? The head only the survived. Head. Oh, okay. Which is now on display in the front window in a toilet yes. seat. <laughs> yes,
0: I did see that because I just went to the stash like two, three weeks ago. So, the new, the new secret, a new Jane bomb, which is Silent nice, bomb right? Stash, Sixty-five Broad Street, right back in New Jersey.
1: It's nice, right? It is. It's I'll,
0: really, really cool. It was. There was nobody in there. I just happened to wander. I mean, I got to talk to Mike for a little bit, which was great. Which is how Cape One Ninety Two happened. R8. Yeah, but um, so
1: we're filming in there, right? Yes. And when I filmed with Ernie, I was walking in backwards because okay. they were just. All the comics were there, but nobody was there, and I knew the layout, so I can get a shot of Ernie walking through the door. And then he calls cut. He walks around me. I turn my head, and right next to me is old Gargothwin himself. Now, I've seen Dogma, and it, he doesn't scare me anymore, but when I saw that thing in person, I had a visceral reaction, yes. like a fight or flight. Like, your, I was like, oh. and there's
0: I, Your inner four-year-old is just... Yeah, right there. It's just like I was there's like, still those moments,
1: yo, and it was so funny because I was like, "It's a rubber suit." <laughs> yeah, that's the it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, it's so funny when you realize what scared you as a child is literally made of duct tape and chewing gum. <laughs> like, is it's it's so good. Like, like think about like the thing. Like mm. the thing is a movie that I know a lot of kids probably got scared by. Like in the when it, kids. In the time it came out, I mean yeah, kids, kids, adults. But like when you look at how they made it, mm-hmm. it's it's so funny because it's literally like just latex, yeah, and it's... And, and gum, like uh, it's right.
0: it's so dumb. Even even the slime and um, Ghostbusters was a psyllium husk to get you know like the stuff dripping off the library yeah. cards and everything. It's, and it's, it, it's all
1: it's all there. It's even even Stay puff Marshmallow Man like that uh, like that. That effect, even to those to some kids, he was a little freaky. Mm. To me, it's the eyes that were kind of freaky more yeah. than anything. But freaking, when you realize how they're made, it's like, it, it doesn't take the magic away, but it, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. This is, the, this is the, movie it, it, it
0: takes away some of the intimidation, though. Yeah, Which is, absolutely. Which is fine. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not real anyway, but your reaction watching it, especially you and I are film nerds. Yeah. So we'll watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff and, and watch read and it. everything. Yeah. So when you actually see how it's done, it's more like, oh, cool, that's how they did. It. So it's not like, it doesn't necessarily crack the code, no. But it does unlock some deeper appreciation for it 100%. because you realize like how much went into it, and it brings you back to the moment like when you f- saw it for the first time. And you're like, wow, because yeah, I remember seeing the Marshmallow Man. And I'm like, oh my god.
1: Like but do you remember gigantic. laughing your ass off? Because I remember laughing when I first saw the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what? You want to the first time? You're going to love this. Oh, The first it. time I saw the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man and that scene from Ghostbusters, a cutaway clip in Muppet Babies.
1: Yo, me too. Are you serious? I'm
0: dead serious.
1: So we we had a tape I had, growing uh, up. I was watching the
0: Ghostbusters animated series that time, which I saw before I saw the first Ghostbusters movie. Okay, but I saw that. Cl- I knew it was from the Ghostbusters movie, of course. I knew the movie existed. I hadn't seen it yet, but when the I saw it on the Muppet Baby, the Piggy Girl,
1: <laughs> who the Piggy Doe Girl? Yeah, I know, dude. Freaking, holy crap! So we had <laughs> we had this tape as wow. a kid called. Uh, they they took all the old uh, Muppet Babies episodes and reworked them into a collection called Yes I Can for oh, in okay. the in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. So they would have these intros that were done by live-action Kermit and Robin. And I think that was also the last time that Jerry Nelson played Robin. So Ah. they had these live-action intros that then led into these OG Muppet Baby cartoons. And the one that I had... Led into this one where they were talking about. I, I forgot the rest of the episode, but I will never forget the piggy toe girl. <laughs> and then they cut to Dude. the clip, right? And they don't use the original sound either because the sound that they picked in Muppet Babies mm-hmm. made it sound creepier. But it was I so remember that funny. Well, I'll take your word for it. No, I rem- I only remember it because it's it's everybody has like that one thing. Or the few things in their childhood that mm-hmm. they remember very crystal well. clear,
0: like vividly remember. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I remember that because I had never, up until that point, seen a show blend clips like that. Mm. Like, makes sense. Like to blend Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters into a Muppet Babies episode mm-hmm. was a little like whoa, because even Muppet Babies in general, when they would do that, because they did that often, they did was like. This is so interesting. And then my dad was like, that's from Ghostbusters. That's from what? He was like, oh.
0: <laughs> oh, right. You're a child and you don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and so and it then, begins. And then
1: all bets were off. And then once I saw that stupid car, I was like, yeah, I'm a fan for life. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I'm all the way in. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I remember that very, very well. Uh, that's
0: so funny. You know, that's a that's a reference I knew you would get, but the fact that we had that same experience is just wild. Oh, my God. I haven't Except of, the difference is I probably saw it, like, the first time it was ever broadcast on a Saturday morning <laughs> in 1980. I, I saw
1: that in a VHS collection in 95, 97. Wow. Around that time. <laughs> uh,
0: but pick, a year,
1: yeah, pick a year, any year. Yeah, uh, pick a year, any year. But, yeah, that was... Wow. First real exposure to Ghostbusters. That'd be Fresh them, Godfather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hang on. So if you're not free for the holiday show, is he? <laughs> 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 that'd be fucking amazing. Now we're talking. Oh,
1: man. I've never really but, asked Doug for any favors like that. Oh, no. I, I, no, did, I, don't, I don't mean it. I did try I just, did try to get him on a podcast with somebody else, but he's been just so fucking busy. Right. But, I get it. Well, yeah, that could be know. a
0: 2022 interview, possibly. That'd be cool. Be a one-on-one. I got some people lined up. I'd throw him in. We might be snowed in. I mean, he's in New York, so he might be snowed in like the rest of us because it's going to He's not happen. in New York.
1: Oh, he's not in New York anymore? He, Florida. Ah. Boo. I think it was because of the All pandemic. All the way where New
0: Yorkers and Georgians go down to Florida.
1: Well, I think it was the pandemic, and it was just also New York was the hotspot for a second. Right. And he lived in Harlem. So. Ah. So and he, now
0: he's in Florida, which is a statewide hotspot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: well, well the, he's not going to want to leave the house anyway at so. the time right it was not now, yes. now well he's also vaccinated so he's fine this is true but uh but yeah man doug that's my family connection doug anything
0: else we should know anybody else any any relatives any like you know so and so is that my confirmation or something like
1: my step-grandfather was in cool in the gang really you ever heard you've you've definitely heard the song Jungle Boogie, right? Of course. You know the guy in the background making the weird noises? Mm-hmm. That's my stepgrandfather.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm turning into Bing. Um, <laughs> yep, here's a fun fact about Cool and the Gang. First record I broke, like physically broke. So I had the 45. This? No, I literally my parents had Cherish. Okay, this is this, <laughs> this is my era. Don't laugh at me, kid. But my parents had. My, I mean, my mother, let's be real, had uh, the the 7-inch single, or 45, of Cherish. Okay. And I took the thing and just literally, like, just kind of, like, bent it, just because I was a child, and I just wanted to see if, what you know, is this do- it what? would bend, and it broke. Ooh, I was in fear until my father came home. I got a, a stern talking to. I didn't get the life beaten out of me, which was a relief. But really, I, it was one of those things, and, the, like, you know, as a child, when you do something like that, you're like, oh, I fucked up and you know as soon as it happens like oh no no even though i have there's no doubt in my mind now all these years later that i was bending the How thing to see you? if it was breakable i mean i was 5 or 4
1: Uh, you I was weren't going to get that much kid. of it. if they hadn't taught you by that point that vinyl was breakable dude i think that was one of my first lessons in life cuz my dad's collected so much vinyl he <sighs> was like cuz i think did he show me that way no but when you're kid, you can feel how fragile. It if is. you also
0: broke a cherry single, that would be some no, shit. No, not a cherry I'd be like, now. You're I'm now you're to, fucking to, with me. I'm
1: trying to think if I've broken any vinyl, and I don't think I've ever broken vinyl. Not that you but I've definitely scratched one, and my dad then taught me the proper. Mom and dad mm-hmm. taught me the proper etiquette for using a, a needle on a record. Right, because I I think as a kid just went <laughs> to stop it and. And I remember seeing, where did that line come yeah, from? Yeah,
0: I think I did that too as a kid. We had a Fisher-Price record player, my sister and I, which we still have, which still works.
1: Oh, my God. The the <laughs> and red and white one?
0: It was actually like, it was like tan and white. It was probably red and white by the time you came on the scene.
1: But <laughs> for us,
0: it was tan and white and had like, I think, the, I think the turntable itself was orange and the arm with the needle on it. I don't know what the technical name for it is. I think that was orange as well. But that was like the bane of my parents' existence was having to buy needles for our little Fisher Price record player. It's still
1: the fucking bane of anybody's existence. Uh,
0: Well, yeah, but who knew vinyl was going to come back? The least convenient format is going to be the only one that sells in 2021 physically. Do you really consider vinyl
1: to be like an inconvenient format?
0: Here's my thing with vinyl it's not, listen, I'm all for it because I like physical media, I like tactile products. Um, I, have I was just talking to somebody the other day, actually about, um, how oh, was my sister come to think of it? Like, I feel like I have, I defend physical media you have uh, a sister? on a daily basis. I have a sister who's three years older than me who lives and she's still out in California. See the See, shit we have we're not we're gotten, gotten about to? Yeah. All right, cool. It's just now as well. You, now
1: I know you have a fucking sister. Now I do. You know my godfather's Dougie Fresh.
0: I know. Look at that. I'd say those two things are on par. She'll be very happy to hear that. But <laughs> anyway, um, she was saying her she's been having problems with her internet. It turns out it was her her router. Mm-hmm. As uh, I was helping her diagnose through text, I'm helping her diagnose the problem. Oh, that's the worst. But she had like nothing. She's got a, an Amazon Fire Stick as well, and uh, she couldn't get anything for like three days. But thankfully, has all the good stuff on DVD. Oh, for sure. So, and I said, but that's the good thing. Like we've had issues with our cable as well. The house I'm. <laughs> if anybody is watching this and notices in high definition the dark circles and possibly bags under my eyes, like. With the resolution of the camera, you could probably see they're big enough for someone. Christian could crawl inside and fall asleep if he wanted to, but for the li- and he might actually because you should. <laughs> we both. I hit so much traffic coming here. I'm going to be a little ADD now, so forgive me. But uh, I hit so much traffic driving here tonight that I came in like, and Christian was like, "Hey man, what's up?" And I'm like, "Are we going to get through this?" Of course, now no, you and I, are performers, yeah. we spring to life. As oh soon yeah, as, like we get. But going. as soon as this, but as soon as this stops, are going to be like, "All right, man, I'm going to get going." Like- <laughs>
1: It's gonna completely drop. That was off. a pretty good imitation too. Was like, that, that, right, was, man, that was I'm, me doing me. No, in, I'm in about like a half hour. <laughs> couldn't just give it to me anyway. Ah, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I I, f- I feel that with physical media because it'll always be there. Like, and that's in, my in thing. The, in the worst case scenario,
0: that's my thing. But with records specifically, with vinyl, it's just a CD you can take anywhere. It's small enough you can put it in your pocket. I'm um, in the case. You could pop it in a car stereo. I realize they're not CD players aren't standard on car stereos anymore. But for me, it's just it travels well, mm-hmm. and and also can withstand more physical damage, or is not as um and not as breakable as not as sensitive as vinyl. Yeah, Doesn't scratch we... as easily, all that other stuff. Whereas a record, carrying around a record, whole different thing. You could never have played records in the car.
1: No, like there's a have, lot, but you had the cassette. And yes. some shops did offer vinyl and cassette together, yes. where you would buy the record and you could also get the the, depending on how big the record was, right? You the, get a bundle. The, they had the bundles two, back in the, the day. two cassettes or right. the one, the one cassette, yes, double sided. But um, but yeah, those with vinyl, I I guess there was this. Regalness to the format because like when you sit down and put on a vinyl it's a specific type of vibe even when it's hard rock even when it's any genre when you do the work to put it on like it's making you engage in the experience of listening to it more so than cd and even a little bit more so than cassette so like that's why i've come to appreciate vinyl Mm -hmm. because i remember like as a kid when my mom would put on her stuff I would always think it was the coolest thing in the world cuz I was like how does that make that beautiful noise? Right.
0: How do these grooves hold the music?
1: So it is kind of
0: I will say that part of it is interesting and I still have that experience of having something physical and opening it up and putting it on, you know, putting the disc in, popping it in or whatever it is or putting a record on the turntable. Yeah. I still enjoy that and and thumbing through the booklet and everything. I don't do as much as that of that as I like to. And one of the reasons I think vinyl became so popular and sales have gone up year over year for the last uh, 5 6 years now isn't that is, wild that vinyl sales are going up that's a crazy thing but not just a comeback they're going up every year yeah they, they're going up like they're not dry. i mean still which is the funny thing cd's still outsell vinyl in terms of sheer numbers like quantity that's why i don't understand why cd's aren't carried anywhere cuz they still sell <laughs> and they take up less space i'm talking like physical shelf space in a store but anyway um, The idea that I feel like kids or teenagers who got into vinyl, you know, let's say they're born around like 2000. So they grew up with the iPod and all this music being on this device. So there was a point when they realized they make music on records now. (laughs) Where All of a sudden it was, oh, this is an album. It's not just a name on a screen. And I feel like that's why board games kind of made a comeback
1: in the last couple of years.
0: Because when you're used to everything being digital and on a screen, when you go to. There's not a connection. Exactly.
1: That that's why I think that physical media will always outshine, for like sure. even DVDs, Blu-rays, uh, CDs to an extent, and vinyl. There's something really magical about being able to hold something that you can cherish for sure. And also, vinyl, not for nothing, has a longer shelf life than a CD especially kept under the right terms.
0: Well, yeah, but it's it's more sensitive to heat and the cold and temperature overall. I mean, that's why yeah, for all sure. these variables that I look at that but CDs don't have.
1: C- people are now starting to notice that CDs bought in the year 2000 are starting to not work. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's a thing that's actually been happening. Hmm, so if I, but vinyls made in 2000, perfectly fine.
0: I mean, there weren't any vinyl made in <laughs> nothing at that point. Well, that's the funny thing. See, a lot of albums now with it being 2021, so albums from 96 are turning 25. So what you're seeing now is first time on vinyl because maybe singles will be released or like DJs might get them because record spinning was still a thing. But you couldn't buy a a commercially released album on vinyl by like the mid 90s. It just kind of stopped. So the idea like first time on vinyl is a thing which now kids who had made the the transition to CDs, the Jet Xers who were buying CDs went from cas- or cassettes in the 90s never had something on vinyl. Now they're into vinyl, or their kids are into vinyl, so now they're buying these albums from the 90s for the first time on vinyl. It's really it's strange. And who would have bet on that? Same with cassettes. Cassettes are still getting reissued like crazy. Metallica just reissued the Black Album. Cassettes um, I've noticed
1: more on a DIY front. Like vinyl, I've noticed made a comeback with major players. Oh, like right sure. now, there's a there's literally a vinyl shortage because of Adele.
0: Oh, really? Like physical yeah. vinyl, like yeah. the, the product of vinyl. Yeah. Wow.
1: Literally because of her record. So <laughs> if you're if you're in a band and you're having a hard time finding suppliers of vinyl records, yeah. it's because of Adele. So
0: wait till spring. Yeah. <laughs> wait till spring to release your Christmas record. Wait. Sorry, that's how it goes. Thems the breaks, everybody. I'm Unless not you're a huge mine star. Until
1: mid December, so fuck that.
0: But it'll be digital, so it's okay.
1: Actually, Are you gonna press them on vinyl? No, I'll do a limited run on vinyl, but I'll do CDs. Do
0: it for record store day next November, That'd right before the holidays.
1: That'd be cool. My thing is, is just I, just investing in that initial batch is like ah, because I know it's because once you print it and the disc exists, mm-hmm. it's way easier to and cheaper to do it again. It's that initial, right. making it's the, the initial of the, pressing. That's yeah, the, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had an idea. A couple of years ago, I don't remember when, because once upon a time, back in my music days, my performing slash uh, writing rehearsing days in bands, uh, mm-hmm. I used to get for years and years and years. I'm saying probably since, like, 98, would get uh, the Disc Makers catalog, where if you wanted your – I'd say, I you would be aware of it. Uh, if you wanted CDs pressed – I don't think they were doing cassettes at that point. I think it was just CDs. And – um, they would do artwork. You could choose how many, you know, I I'd be playing around with this stuff, you know, like design booklets and everything for albums that never came to be. But, you know, as a teenage guitarist with all the ambition in
1: the world. To then just look at the prices and then just cry a little And bit.
0: to look at it, just be like, it's gonna cost me three thousand dollars to get a hundred seats or something like that. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't like that insanely disproportionate. But obviously, the more you get, the cheaper they are to yeah. manufacture. Um anyway, so fast forward when I believe it was Disc Makers started doing vinyl at a point. Because even about 10 years ago, vinyl started... Became, like Because Record Store Day started in 2008. The first one was April of 2008. And vinyl was starting to make a comeback. But it wasn't like like now when mainstream artists would... Now, like now, every new album that comes out comes out on vinyl. Yeah. So this that wasn't the case like 10, 12 years ago. That's something within the last five, six years, every new album has a, a vinyl release. So... We talked about it with the only podcast that matters. Wouldn't it be funny to do like a seven-inch single with like one of our bits, like a four-minute bit, and just do like a two-sided record? (laughs) That's like a six-minute segment. I even said, what if we did like a limited edition record, like just for fun? We could press like a hundred of them. Like maybe we could sell them or give it away, but something we can all have, especially because there was a point when. Ryan in particular was getting really into into vinyl and buying some of his favorite albums on vinyl. He was rifling through his parents' collection of vinyl and taking albums that he wanted yeah. that they owned forever, like since they were brand new. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack had a little bit of a vinyl thing, but Ryan was like really, really into it. So we talked about it. it never came to be, but that was a thought for a little while. Like we should totally get – see, Christian has I, up on the screen now. What if, you,
1: <laughs> what if I told you that there was a way you could do it with no overhead and it was on demand? Tell me more. So there's a company. There's two that I've been following. Uh, The way that I'm going to release my Christmas album and any records to come that I do independently is going to be through a company called Trepstar. Okay. And this is for CDs. But Trepstar is CD and DVD fulfillment on demand. Oh, nice. So let's say that I wanted to release my album. They create a landing page so that if you were to order a copy of In the Key of Christmas – it gets made and shipped right to you. There's no, It's not just sitting on a shelf.
0: Ah, that's smart.
1: Now for vinyl, there's a website called Kunaki and it does the exact same thing and it's about 30 bucks for, for any copy.
0: See that's not bad. That's right in line with what a record costs anyway.
1: Now on vinyl here's the thing though a full because print on demand vinyl for them, they do it kind of cheap. So the vinyl is not top-tier disc makers right. vinyl. However, it's 180 gram vinyl. However, it is still a vinyl record. Right. And they are not bad. It just takes a minute to get shipped to you. Right. Because they then have to print the disc and do all that stuff.
0: See, I know some some comedians have started putting their albums out on record <laughs> because a lot of comedians of a certain age obviously grew up buying, you know, George Carlin or Richard Pryor records. Yeah. You know, if you came up in the 70s, even into the eighties. Because CDs didn't really hit their like major manufacturing. If you look at a lot of catalog titles, as I call them, like the first time they were manufactured on CD was 1990. Mm-hmm. So records were still primarily, and cassettes were the main source. But like for people like Gen Xers, like anyone who grew up, uh, let's say Dennis Leary or Jon Stewart or any comedians like from that era who came to prominence in the 90s, grew up listening to those albums on record. So what's happening now is a lot of comedians end with the vinyl boom. Frankly, that's what it is. For sure, is that's where we're at with putting their albums out on vinyl. So I didn't think it was that crazy an idea that a podcast could have like highlights or hits or something like that Tom released Steve as a it? record. Is it up there? Sir? Is that a legit like record? Yeah, like it. That's a playable album. Yeah, I see it on the wall here. It's that framed. is
1: hundred percent.
0: See, this isn't so bad. Christian's pulling one up right now. And now,
1: this is with mail shipping and all that stuff. Right,
0: shipping, obviously. Because the <clears> size, <throat> that's the thing. The size of a package is a whole other.
1: Now, here's the other bag. thing, too, is you get the, you can have this printed up and shipped to you. So you can, let's say, <clears throat> you wanted to have this up but for a limited time. Mm-hmm. You create the vinyl, and they make it. They send you a test copy, and then it's out there. But you control whether or not that link stays up for how long. So like uh-huh, so interesting. If you, so, so you can put it on sale for thirty days. Yeah. And then
0: And then windows closed, not gonna make anymore. Yep. That's interesting. That is a really cool idea. See, is that something? And I'm, I'm going to put it out there, just in general, is that something people would be interested in? Do you think it'd be funny to have like a like a hits collection or some limited thing on vinyl, like some cape oriented record? It could be fun. Could be I cool. Think you,
1: I would buy one just because I think it would be cool. To have be,
0: well, you'd be on it too. Odds are, you not <laughs> so even self for interest. Me. No, 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 no. I not know even you for would self
1: interest. Just like I think that's cool. Like when I think so too. Because come on, when podcasts blew up, I was kind of surprised there weren't more like, moment showcases on, like, formats.
0: You know stuff. what's funny? There was a part of me that <clears> toyed with the idea because I thought it would be fun. Again, this is an idea from years ago with The Only Podcast That Matters, which, if you haven't, checked that out. It's not all the podcast platforms. Myself, Ryan, Jack, Andrew did uh, 216 episodes, I believe, is a bunch of best of. So if you haven't heard the show, go check out uh, Best of Year 5, which is probably the most recent posting on the in the feed. So go check it out. But... That was one of my thoughts. Was you know, it'd be interesting. This is before Patreon kind of was a thing, and there was any like fan oriented uh, access, or even like private podcasting links or something. You could send to people like custom URLs and things like that. But I said, imagine like back in the day when you had to like subscribe to, let's say, a magazine. I was like, you imagine if we like sent out like exclusive CDs, or like like you could choose your format, like cassette or CD, with like an exclusive show or something like that, like a monthly thing to subscribers quote unquote I was like that'd be kind of cool and kind of a throwback to the things we did you know back in the day the stuff you would have to subscribe I mean it, it wasn't on par with like a magazine but let's say if you want to be in the fan club like you get like a monthly CD with like an exclusive show on it like that'd be kind of cool because a couple people like one thing that pops to mind is um the band dream theater. Used to do fan club CDs. If you were in the fan club, you would get the Christmas CD every November or December, and they'd go for huge money on eBay. Now, obviously, this is in the early 2000s and late 90s. You could find the tracks on. Limewire or audio galaxy yeah. or Pazaar or something but if you're we'll a like fan you those... wanted the cd
1: exactly
0: and i bought a couple of them off of ebay because i was like i missed this i wrote this on cd you know i had the tracks because i found through uh questionable means
1: that is a good idea if patreon didn't exist
0: exactly so back 10 12 years ago well not 12 but let's say like 8 or 10 years ago i thought you know that'd be kind of cool but now obviously there's exclusive stuff you can distribute on patreon it's easier it I mean, Costs about the same.
1: I mean, and it's more you convenient. Could do, you don't need to wait for mail. You could do like a thing that was, uh, like, let's say you wanted to do the best of moments. You could do like a limited run, but it's only available on the Patreon page. Like the link to buy it is only there right, and they right. and it's only accessible through this link with a password or something.
0: That's a good idea.
1: And then that way,
0: even a giveaway. Yeah. If we, if we press like a hundred. And then, like, okay, you need to be a Patreon subscriber, and then we're going to give away so many of these. And we'll do a general one, like, on Instagram or Twitter or something like that, and you could try to win one.
1: Trep Star That's is what made idea. me hype to do Anderson again, because Anderson is also going to come out on DVD after every season. Nice. So, cause, Which is great. Because me and Eli were like, we want to do, like, a director's commentary show, and mm-hmm. I thought that that'd be also cool to do two exclusive DVD-only episodes. So that's cool. So like Patreon will probably get those at those episodes too, mm-hmm. but the physical media will also give them a bridge to do it so that when you pay for the Patreon, you get all this extra content and those two bonus episodes. Whereas oh, if you pay for the sweet, DV- whereas if you pay for the DVD, you're going to get the whole season on physical media just and then just those two bonus episodes and then maybe something behind the scenes.
0: You know what? I am going to tease that so On the – it's going to go up on Instagram and YouTube, of course, at Pod on Instagram and, of course, Chris Ball's Podcast Experiment (laughs) on YouTube. What's coming up for December, which is something – again, time is moving by so quickly. I'm not going to harp on that again, but just it's mid-November at this point. But December of 2011 marked my directorial debut, so to speak, uh, for the first sketch video for the only podcast that matters. It was a video called Arrest You, Merry Gentleman. And it was the four of us—myself, Andrew, Ryan, Jack—getting uh, held up by airport security. Uh, the security guard was played by our friend Corey, who hated Iron Man three. Bottom five for his Marvel movies. Fuck and you, Corey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Corey, this is clips for you. No, <laughs> um, no, man. So with with it being ten years, this kicks off ten years of a bunch of these videos that I uh, wrote or co-wrote and directed. I am going to be doing a director's commentary for that sketch, the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'll probably do something a little more expansive, maybe do an an audio bonus for Patreon Mm -hmm. for kind of everything that went into it, but I thought I would like to do a commentary track. So it's going to get released, but to watch the original, you have to go to the Only Podcast That Matters YouTube page and uh, watch that, or YouTube channel, excuse me, and um, you can watch the original with the original audio, but I'm going to put it out, and it's going to be with the director's commentary over the top because... I wrote and directed it. It was the first thing we did, and with it coming up on 10 years, it was like, you know what, it's a perfect time. Do There's it. a reason to do it. I could have always done it, <clears throat> but it seems like 10 years is a good time. 10 is an important number, so it's, that's uh, the time to whole.
1: do it. It's It's complete. Exactly.
0: Do you have a date for your Christmas album, now that you've talked about it? Is um, there a release date we can tell everybody about?
1: Mid-December. Okay, it's, so, it's so still that's gonna no. Be, it's still going to be called In the Key of Christmas, because I love. I think now this, the title is expanded to Songs in the Key of Christmas. Um, But we're... I'm thinking, Stevie Wonder would like a word. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think uh, I think maybe December 14th or 15th.
0: Nice. So. Yeah, please make it before that. Because you know what? I, I noticed there were a couple of people who were like releasing Halloween-oriented stuff or stuff that would have been great to have for the month of October on like October 29th. Because like, it's a Friday and it's Dude. new release day. And I'm like, hey, it would have oh been great to have this God. for the month.
1: And I'm... Listen... Who are you telling... Uh, the- I got screwed by my distributor. Oh, really? Because I because I did the Halloween song,
0: right? Oh, I yeah, put yeah, out yeah, a video yeah. for
1: Halloween. When the clock strikes Halloween, I was so excited to put that out, and I, my yeah. my, my my distributor just kind of yeah. dropped the ball on that one. That's so uh, and and it, I know it that came out of- literally on Halloween.
0: Well, the thirtieth, we watched it on the thirtieth. But no, still the barely. song
1: still.
0: Oh, the song didn't even come Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, see, that's one of those things. I realize it's out of people's hands, but that's why, if you're thinking mid-December, great. Because if I have a week and a half with this album, I realize it's going to be kid songs. Or is it not? No. Is this not a kid song? This is a general it's everybody? It's
1: family-friendly. Yeah, like anybody can well, listen to fine. it. It's not like specifically for children. Right. So, well, it's... that's where
0: I, I know you're, you've are you moved away from that, but that's just where no, my mind goes. I'm it's like, not, like moved, it's for... not
1: like I moved away from it. It's more or less just like this record... Like, it doesn't exclude anybody. Okay. I mean, it's, it's you like- You heard it here,
0: an all-inclusive holiday album, Christmas album, apparently. So it excludes the Jews. No. <laughs> no. That's not what Christian's saying.
1: No, but I mean, like, like, any age can listen to it. It's not like I'm cursing or anything. like Right. That. Like, no. Hey, it's Christmas. Fuck you. Yeah, right? <laughs> Santa
0: fucking Claus is coming to town. No. Hey, it's New Jersey. That's how we do.
1: So we had a couple of returning songs from the last Christmas album that imploded. Mm. So I'm in, I'm excited for that part. Nice. Cuz I loved those songs. One my favorite in particular is one called North Pole Party. And that one <laughs> and that one was my attempt to make what would happen if the beach boys made a new christmas song in 2021 or 2020 at the time i
0: made it yeah you were debating putting this out last year no it wasn't a I debate understood. i was ready was... to
1: put this out and then my old computer died and the project files went with it
0: oh so you did redo this from scratch
1: to two for two songs i did but the other ones so oh. i was in the so when the original album was lost I had to remix the whole thing because I had some sleigh bells on every track that didn't sound right in cars. So if anyone Uh, were to listen to it, it was going to sound really blown out. So I had mm -hmm. to remix every track. I only got through about half of the tracks. Uh, And I was not going to put out half of a record. So I was like, no. Especially when the bells did not sound good. Mm. So...
0: That's the kind of thing you have to, if you're doing a seasonal album, a holiday album, you have to push it back for a year. Yes. Yeah, so. You couldn't have put it out in May. <laughs> like, all right, it's done.
1: But I did have a few songs where I was like, Okay, this sounds good. I like this I was able to mix it in time mm. before the computer crash. And I still have the hard drive. Theoretically, I could probably try and recover like, it, but at, yeah. but at the time it was it was going to be over $1,000 and I was just yeah, like yeah. I was like no. 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 It's a volume-based those, business. Those those songs are good, but they ain't fucking that good. <laughs> They're not worth
0: a grand. No. However, they are worth the 999 you'll pay on Bandcamp. Pro- probably I, even I less. See.
1: Probably oh, yeah? probably uh probably like 6.99 make it affordable for the season. And Good then call. Uh, Good for you. it'll be on streaming the the CD I'm excited cuz I have the uh, I have the test copy from the first version and that was a really cool thing to get which is really fucked because I got it after oh. I, I made the call to to cancel the album. So I had done like my morning period where mm-hmm. I was ju- I literally took off like a week of work oh. cuz I was that Just bummed about it. you were that distraught it. And then I was like, all right, I'm good.
0: I mean, I get it. You work on something that long, and especially you're producing a lot of this on your own. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it's through some collaboration yeah, here and there. My, but my my brother played guitar on some. Like, mm-hmm. it was it was a cool time. And then in yeah. the mail, I get the fucking test print copy, and I was like...
0: And you're immediately just down in the dumps again. Like, I can't believe it. This just and now it just... Apart.
1: And now, like... It sat on my desk for a minute, and then one day I just got so mad I just was like "fuck," and I just I know it's shattered somewhere in the corner of my room. But honestly, I was like, you know what? I between that, right after that record happened, I got hired for a Christmas corporate event, and it ended and I ended up writing one of my best Christmas songs. And I was like, you know what? If I churn out a couple of ideas. Throughout the year, and then just finish them around this time. Right, I'll do that because I felt some sort of way about singing "Holly Jolly" in September and or in June, in July. Yeah. So, <laughs> what I tend to do is form ideas, and then mm. moved into the final phase around November.
0: See, that was another idea that unfortunately was left uh, unfinished. I have some. I have a bunch of lyrics written, and have some very very rough demos because. I, it, you're probably not going to believe this based on the last year or so, but I was the main idea person <laughs> for the old show and I started writing a holiday album it's because fun, right? the thought was, yeah, I was like, let's do it. And everybody kind of has their own spotlight song. And then we will do a, oh, God, what was the finale called? A, a, a public domain Christmas <laughs> celebration or, or something like that. And it was holiday songs in the public domain yeah. as, as a medley. A public domain Christmas medley or something like that.
1: And now, boys and girls, the end of our record, a public domain Christmas. <laughs> well, that was going to be the
0: last track. It was like, do a big medley at the end. And it's all going to be stuff we don't need to pay for. Everything else is going to be originals. So, But everybody had their song. And, and something that would suit their style. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it, it was one of the ideas that I said, that's going to be really funny. And the cover was obviously going to be like a mock Christmas card of all of us sitting in front of a fireplace yeah. and Andrew looking pissed off in a Santa suit. And, you know, I was going to be the person smiling, but with their eyes closed. And, you know, the, <laughs> Ryan and Jack and myself were going to be in, you know, Christmas sweaters. Like, this is before the ugly sweater thing became, like, a, an annual yeah, thing. Yeah, was huge. Yeah. So this would have been, like, I started doing this in 2013 when I was living in Valley Village in my apartment, which is... Not as nice as Studio City and not as bad as North Hollywood. That's where Valley Village lands in the uh, Southern California, San Fernando Valley bracket. Okay. But anyway, I started writing these lyrics and these songs, and I have a bunch of yeah, – there was a lot of singing into my phone
1: <laughs> of some
0: of these ideas. But I was like, let's do a holiday album. It's something that's probably never going to happen, and those ideas will just be something I sing to myself in the car when I'm waiting for the AAA truck. But hey, man, never say
1: never. Maybe you maybe. may have befriended uh, – a producer of certain kids' comedy records who might just be like, you know what, fuck it. Let's produce one in time for your special.
0: And maybe a few of those said people are now suddenly motivated to do something
1: like a Christmas album. <laughs>
0: they know. They know I'm talking about them. <laughs> and they understand. And there's no fucking way it would have happened in 2013 or 14 or 15 or, and, and on and on. Uh, it only would happen as early as 2021, as time has shown us. Um,
1: you know what? I want to challenge myself with this this new record, and this is I'm putting this out there because it just popped into my head. I'm gonna try it. it might not work, but mm. I'm gonna try. Okay. I want to do a mini the moocher type song <laughs> for Christmas, <laughs> but like like some sort of like jazzy tale because i did one last year called i saw santa claus and that was mm-hmm. so much fun because the shout and response right. type songs are so oh, that's much right you did fun. a video for that yeah
0: or, or well you released it that it was, was a great. lyric video
1: it was, right right and that was one off the album ah, that's so that, good but i had that track you're too fucking
0: talented house. to be wasting time sitting here with me that's all i have to say like how what did i do right that i end up
1: or what getting did hang i do <laughs>
0: You son of a bitch. Get out.
1: No, I, I don't know. Until next time. No, I'm kidding.
0: No, for real. Like, Jack and I are watching, really, October 30th. We're watching this guy's video, right? We're sitting there watching, and I'm drawing a blank on the song because, of course, I'm talking about it. God damn. Don't when get old. When the clock
1: strikes Halloween. Thank you. you
0: and we're sitting here. We're just like, this kid's so fucking talented, it's ridiculous. Like, you're more talented at 26 than I am at 40, and it. I hate you for it, but I love you as a person. So there's that. Don't
1: say that, man. Freaking... I every like I tell you, like with Anderson with any of these projects, yes. if it fucking works, because I find you funny. Like if it works, fucking everybody that I want to work with comes with. Totally.
0: Me. Well, or- and that's and that's kind of the the uns oh we've we've said it to each other. Yeah. But that's kind of like the understanding when it comes to a lot of the 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 Muppets, for lack of a better term, uh the misfits of a shared universe is we're all very much like if anything happens. Everyone's coming along as as much as we can help it. You know that's kind of the thing we've that a bunch of us have talked about. Like if if someone pops, like we're gonna do everything we can to bring everyone with us because we know everybody brings things to the table.
1: Once we do the end, once we land, once we launch Anderson, Mm -hmm. you guys will do the post show, like how there's the Talking Dead. Yes, (laughs) please. You guys will host the Anderson Harbor Yacht Club talk show. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Uh, that's not a bad idea. Actually.
0: That's not a bad idea at all. And obviously with it being a yacht club, we need to go with a yacht rock type song. Obviously with you, it's going to be something Hall & oriented.
1: Cause that, shut the, f- nah, anyway. I didn't, that's not I, an insult. I, I, you know what? I know it wasn't, I was just expecting. You're, I more. know you're expecting <laughs> like, it. here we go. Round
0: three, Loudmouth versus Big Kahuna.
1: But, uh but, knuckle up. But the, the, I think I've told you about the Anderson Harbor Yacht Club, right? Yes, the idea? you did. It was a great idea. For See, the, for the that's Patreon. A,
0: yes, well, that was a pre show discussion, which I didn't put out there because I didn't think you wanted it out there. Oh, okay. So well, I didn't really, the, If you want to talk people through it now, they've lasted well, this long.
1: Well, one of the one of the things we're going to do for Anderson Harbor, and for, to let me explain, Anderson Harbor is my uh, adult animated, live action animated web series that me and my buddy Eli are doing that is essentially an adult take and pu- pun or. Lampoon on Thomas the Tank Engine with boats that all hate each other yet are best friends. Stop motion boats as opposed to stop motion, which is friends. really you know what's really funny. It's not stop motion. It's literally just models pulled on strings. Shh. No, it's not. A Don't give thing. away the secrets It's funny though because it's like oh uh, we you, they couldn't even afford stop motion.
0: But see, at a point when this thing becomes a series and you need a Mister Conductor equivalent, just tell me. I can't do Alec, but if you want me to do George or Ringo, I'm there.
1: You know, that was actually one of the ideas that we had or one of the – because originally I was going to write up a – we were going to do it as a pilot and then try and sell it. But then Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to just do it. Anderson's my thing. Yeah. Like if it gets popular and someone wants to then be like, let's put it on our network. Cool. Maybe. But like –
0: I like your show. This reminds me of something (laughs) something I used to do myself. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, yes, we are working on – some musical stuff, so it's going to be an interesting 2022. I'll say that this has been a year of transitioning back to cool stuff. 2020 have, was just stagnation slash reinvention,
1: and I've never made a track of that type, so I'm very excited to see. How I'm that very works excited scenario. too, and
0: interestingly, we, we may have an in with a a drummer who stylistically would be perfect, but that's we'll, we'll talk about that more later on. Okay, so uh, all right, now to wrap up. It's very long show. So I literally just heard about this today. It's going to be old news in Internet time because it's the Internet. And uh, it's the week after I heard about this. But if you're wondering why I've been sipping on a beverage and what this bag is doing here. So Megan Thee Stallion has a deal with Popeye's for hottie sauce. Uh, let me just say uh, I like looking at Megan Thee Stallion more than I like her music, which is fine. But I saw she had a hot sauce sauce. And the, to go with the chicken sandwich at Popeye's. And I said, well, I got to try this. I legitimately got it for dinner on my way to the studio, but it was so close to to <laughs> start time. <laughs> what a funny and elusive concept <laughs> when related to this show. But I said, I'm going to get this thing. And I do want to try it. Like, I wanted to try it anyway. Uh, Christian does not like hot anything no. well, except women. So, unfortunately, uh, hot food need not apply. But I said I-, I need to try this just because I'm curious. Although I insist you at least dip a pinky in like the hot sauce because you no, at least want to know. You know what
1: it is? It's like just. Uh,
0: so it's only got cayenne pepper in it. I mean, that's nothing. Oh, I'll the aged it. hot sauce. has just got cayenne oh, pepper. I'll just... Dip dip. I mean, do you want a little corn in the sandwich? Are you at least Fuck curious it. enough to be? I mean, come on. I'll
1: take a little
0: piece. <laughs> we both end up retching in the bathroom. It's gonna be like this
1: is a mistake. This is a huge mistake. Whoa! Yeah, that's not bad.
0: Okay. Well, the Popeye's chicken sandwich is probably the best chicken sandwich you can get anyway. There you go. Oh, for little, sure. A little hunk of it. Um, now, there's a little bit of sauce on there, but I think we dip it since we're both going to try it. Just dip a corner in mm-hmm. and then go for it because this is obviously going to be a video clip. You Once know again, it sucks? I have
1: no water because I downed it before the show.
0: Yeah, you dick. <laughs> Good for you. All right. Well, we're not going to synchronize it apparently. So uh, Christian just took a bite and I'm going to take a bite and see how this goes.
1: It's nice. Got a little kick to it. I'm not gonna die later. Or am I gonna? Yeah, die it's now? not bad.
0: It's pretty sweet, more than anything. It is. It's kind of like um, kind of tastes like Louisiana, hot sauce. You know, like that yellow bottle, yellow label bottle.
1: Contains
0: not that unique ingredients. Just aged cayenne pepper is what's in the hot sauce. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah, it's super... cayenne's low on the Scoville scale.
1: Yeah, it's super distilled. It's distilled vinegars in here. Is sugar, corn syrup, honey. There's barely any red cayenne pepper in here. Yeah, this isn't bad. All right, well, that's a
0: dud of a bit, so I guess we're done.
1: <laughs> Good chicken, though.
0: Sorry. No, I, I love the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Like, I was literally thinking, what's something different that I haven't had in a while? And this sprang to mind. But then I saw a friend of mine posted about this on Instagram today, and I said, well, I need to try that. Hmm. Because I do love, I don't know if you've seen the Megan Thee Stallion hottie merchandise. It's pretty great, so much so that I know it's her – I think she was posting for it like around Halloween or posting on her on her Instagram or whatever. But it's her with that ass of hers. We've all seen it. Come on. It's Megan it Stallion, uh, dude. Come on. Do yeah, you have uh, that's, that's kind of her thing. And um, devil horns and a devil tail. And the T-shirt has mostly the ass, but it has hottie in a very stereotypical
1: death metal kind of font. And I really want that shirt. Not like this that has the stereotypical '70s font on it.
0: No, not at all.
1: Let me get some another napkin.
0: It's actually now. Uh, I'll, I'll show you the shirt because I'm sure I'm going to end up wearing it on the show one of these days. But uh, thank you. Okay, not so bad. I thought it was actually going to be like over the top, but I did too. It's it's kind of it has kind of a sweet finish to it. Actually,
1: it's not bad. Like it's actually something I probably would get again. To be honest with you, I okay. actually kind of enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, like, I'm gonna enjoy the rest of the sandwich. So with that, I'm just gonna get the plugs out of the way. Uh, enjoy it. Subscribe. And a new episode every Monday, once again, next Monday is going to be from the Archive, Volume 2. A bunch of unreleased stuff. So you should enjoy that. I'll come on in between and tell you what the clips are and give you a little context for them. So it's not just gonna be like a bunch of random ass tidbits that you're like, I have no idea what's going on for any of this. <laughs> you're gonna have I'm gonna give you the reference points. That'd for be it. a
1: very weird show if it's just like. Why did they change their clothes for uh, yeah. just that one uh, segment? Aside,
0: it's like, wait a minute. Who, who's this person who just walked in the room? <laughs> like, why is Chris talking one-on-one to somebody else now? And then all of a sudden, there's like five people in the room. Like, why is how did Christian that
1: crying? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe. That might be while the show's on a break, which uh, just a reminder. So the holiday show is going to be the finale of the year. That's going to be in, in December. Best of volume one and volume two will be out. A show a year so big it couldn't be contained in one best of show. Um, and then a break for the show at the beginning of 2022 because uh been going, listen, this is episode 93 in a row. <laughs> it's a lot. So gonna take a well deserved break at the beginning of the year and the show will return. But uh until then, or even during then, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts new episode every Monday. And if you like this, you can follow the show at K Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can follow Christian on Instagram at Christian Cordes and on Twitter at Arcade Player One, and check out Arcade Productions on YouTube as well.
1: Anderson Harbor will be coming out, it uh, looks like, next January.
0: And so will Songs in the Key of Christmas. And if you like uh, Halloween's in the Air, uh, or his, his last song, what's it called? Uh, when
1: the Clock Strikes Halloween. When the Halloween. Clock Strikes
0: Halloween. I was close. Then you can uh, check that out on the Arcade Productions YouTube channel. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Chris Abalo, and on Instagram, at Chris out, And also subscribe to... Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment on YouTube. Yeah, all the links are in the link tree, in my bio, in the Kate bio. You can get straight to the YouTube page for that. And uh, she'll be back once again on Monday, and then the Monday after that with yet another show. So until next time, for Christian Cordes and Megan Me Stallion and Popeye's Chicken, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment.